0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Chessboard, a business standard podcast on the world of Indian politics. Today is Tuesday, 7th of May, and I'm your host, Ankur Bhalaj. 51 Lok Sabha constituencies voted yesterday to elect their new representatives to the Lok Sabha. 425 Lok Sabha constituencies have chosen the fate of candidates running in general elections 2019 so far. 118 seats are left to vote. 59 of these will vote on Sunday, 12th of May. We are about to enter the last leg of this really long election season and to discuss the ups and downs in this world, we have with us Business Standards political editor, Arches Mohan. Hi Arches, welcome to the chessboard. Hi Ankur, thank you. So we are one step closer to electing a new government, Archis. The campaign has now moved to the north, including the national capital region. Delhi votes on 12th of May, Sunday, to elect seven members of parliament. And last time, BJP had swept the state. What is the broad situation in Delhi this time?
1: In Delhi there is a whole lot of electoral data of the past few elections the 2013 assembly elections 2014 Lok Sabha elections 2015 assembly elections and the 2017 civic polls and if you would see uh, the voting behavior the BJP has maintained its constant vote share of 32 33 34% the Aam Party and Congress vote shares have fluctuated in 2015, for example, the Congress vote share collapsed and our uh, Army vote share skyrocketed, which led them to win. So this is going to be a triangular fight? This is totally going to be a triangular fight. Uh, and one l- need to look seat by seat which are the candidates who are putting up a good fight against the BJP because obviously BJP is clearly the front runner with a vote base of 33-34%. And if you... Uh, include the 2014 vote base, which was up to 40-45% in several seats. So BJP is clearly the favourite, but it remains to be seen. Aam uh, Aadmi Party and Congress candidates put up a fight in specific seats. For example, in the northwest seat, uh, the Aam Aadmi Party apparently has a very good candidate. Similarly, Sheila Dixit of the Congress is a good candidate. Atishi of Aam Aadmi Party in the in east is a good candidate. So, these are very interesting fights in Delhi.
0: Well, Delhi is also a special place because it's a it's a largely urban constituency or uh, urban state. So, uh, we understand that the BJP has a stronger pull in, in urban areas compared to rural areas. Uh, do you think the BJP will benefit because this is uh, a largely urban constituency or largely urban state? Um,
1: it isn't just w- what I think, but if you look at the BJP's campaign over the last three, four days in Delhi, including radio jingles and posters and hoardings, the BJP has again resurrected its entire nationalism discourse. Uh, you know, uh, uh, along the way in UP, Bihar, some of that discourse around Pulwama, etc., had dissipated. But in Delhi, there's this renewed effort to talk. Only about nationalism. So yes, the, the 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 urban areas where the resonance of BJP's nationalism discourse is stronger, I think BJP has a definite advantage.
0: On the Aam Party side, we have uh, the face of Farvind Kejriwal staring at us from hoardings. Um, the main the main uh, issue for the Aam Party seems to be full statehood for Delhi. Um, do you think Aam Party will be able to retain the kind of success? or reclaim the kind of vote share that it managed in the last assembly elections?
1: Look, uh, even Amadmi Party's detractors would agree that Amadmi Party government has done well in certain sectors, including education, mohalla clinics. Uh, one can always argue, as Congress Party does, that they built on uh, the good work of Sheila Dixit. But having said that, there cannot be a much of a disagreement that they, d- they did well. They have done well. And uh, uh, they've decreased water uh, charges. They've they've controlled electric electricity tariff. So, a whole lot of people have benefited from the work that Ahmadmi Party has done. So, I'm assuming that Ahmadmi Party's support base among uh, in resettlement colonies uh, w- would remain intact. But w- the point here is whether Ahmadmi Party's support base in middle classes among middle classes which had significantly shifted towards the BJP in 2014, but again came back to the Aam Party in 2015, would continue to remain. And I'm a bit skeptical of that.
0: Well, the Aam Party had snatched um, the Congress's vote share in the last assembly elections, and we saw the Congress collapse in the in this state. Uh, then the Congress regained some ground in, in, in civic polls, as you rightly pointed out. It managed a vote share of close to 22%, just slightly behind the Aam Party. Do you think there is a chance of the Congress being able to resurrect its, its organization in, in the city-state?
1: I think the Congress has fielded very interesting, very good candidates. Sheila Dikshit, Ajay Makan are very good candidates. I think uh, the Congress in some of the areas, for example, uh, in West Delhi, Mahabal Mishra, is a popular candidate among people, migrants from UP and Bihar. So, some of the areas, Congress would definitely put up a very good fight and we might see the Congress vote share in Delhi increasing.
0: Um, in the last few elections in Delhi, we have seen the increasing uh, power that the Purvanchali vote holds. Um, do you think the Purvanchali vote uh, has a preference for parties? Um, Manoj Tiwari is, is one himself and he is the BJP president in Delhi?
1: You know, for a long time, the BJP just couldn't find for itself a Purvanjali leader. The BJP was dominated in Delhi by Punjabi Banya leadership. Eventually, they figured that the success of the Congress and subsequently of the Aam Party was primarily because they gave enough representation to uh, uh, people from UP and Bihar, which essentially reflected the demographic. Change that uh, the, the, the that the city the c- the national capital has undergone in the last two three decades. I would think that Purvanchalis would again vote for people leaders who are popular among them. Sheila Dikshit remains popular because she ran a very good government. Similarly, Arvind Kejriwal remains popular. So so I I would really hedge my bets. I, I I'm not sure if if the Purvanchalis will go lock, stock and barrel towards the BJP. I think there'll be a split in vote and probably people will look at the candidate and vote. Uh,
0: there was uh, for long uh, talk about um, the Congress and Aham Party allying in this election in Delhi and fighting these seven seats together. Now that the alliance has, has fallen through, do you think this will have an impact on, on how these two parties fight on the ground?
1: Uh, totally, as I said, just, just look at the vote share, respective vote shares. Uh, If the BJP vote share remains constant and Amadmi Party and Congress vote share fluctuates and transfers within each other between the two of these these parties, and and there's a triangular fight, it'll it'll hurt both Amadmi Party and Congress. So wherever the Amadmi Party has a stronger candidate, one would tend to believe that the anti-BJP vote would gravitate towards that candidate. Similarly, for the Congress, in seats where Congress has stronger candidates, for example, uh, Ajay Makan in New Delhi or Sheila Dikshit in Northeast Delhi or Mahabal Mishra in West Delhi, uh, Congress could, could gain from that.
0: Another state that votes on the uh, 12th of May is is the northern state of Haryana, adjacent to Delhi. All ten seats in Haryana will be voting on, on Sunday. Uh, how, is, how is Haryana placed as far as these elections are concerned?
1: Uh, one that started to assume that the BJP was way ahead in Haryana and the feedback from the ground was that Mr. Manul al government has been a popular government uh, primarily because he has been he has succeeded in providing lots of jobs. However, it seems that the Congress is recovering some ground primarily again, just like Delhi by fielding good effective candid- candidates. So the who does? are very effective candidates. There some others who are, who are strong candidates. So it seems the Congress is back in the fight. However, I'll still put BJP ahead, uh, primarily because Congress is struggling to reinvent itself. Uh, and, and there's a perception that it has become a jar dominated party. However, uh, Dalit leaders like Kumari Selja and Ashok Tabar have come uh, in the forefront. And then Congress is trying. So it's become a more interesting election than what it was supposed to be a month or two back.
0: Do you think the reservations or the or the uh, jobs, reservations, uh, rights that took place in Haryana a few years ago still resonate and will have an impact on these elections?
1: Ankur, uh, obviously, uh, the, 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 the rights over caste reservations and the damage that was done to property and businesses has had an impact, has polarized people for and against certain parties. So I would think so. I would assume that uh, those riots around reservation would have an influence in voter behavior.
0: Um, another state that that uh, some of some of whose seats will be going to post on on Sunday is is Madhya Pradesh. Um, we can probably focus on on two seats in Madhya Pradesh. One would be the seat of Indore, which has long been a BJP stronghold, uh, represented by former Lok Sabha uh, speaker Sumitra Mahajan. Uh, Sumitra Mahajan is not contesting this time. Um, uh, there is some story of maybe uh, inner party intrigue. Uh, what wh- what what actually happened there according to you?
1: Ankur, um, not just Indore or Bhopal, but across Madhya Pradesh, there are reports that uh, the BJP's uh, intra-party uh, atmosphere is not in a very great shape, and they are competing leaders, the competing egos. So this is getting reflected in some of the campaigning. Which is true for Indore, where uh, uh, Sumitra Majan, the Speaker, and who remains a uh, popular MP, was not given a ticket. Um,
0: there was delay in announcing a candidate for Indore, and uh, it was being speculated that she may not get the ticket. Eventually, she wrote a letter to the BJP leadership asking them to take a decision with, with clear heart, and, and she d- she was out of the fray. She she ruled herself out of the fray.
1: Yeah, but if you read the letter c- carefully, uh, and and read between the lines, it was very evident that she was w- extremely unhappy. And there's been a problem between her and, and some of the other BJP leaders. You mean Kailash Vijayavirgir? Yes, I do mean Kailash Vijayavirgir. And Mr. Vijayavirgir has promoted his son in the previous assembly election.
0: And the two and are said to have battled it out over it, though. <laughs>
1: yes, you're right. So, so you know, the, 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 there are problems within the BJP. Uh,
0: the other interesting election uh, battle in, um, in, in MP this time is in Bhopal, where former Chief Minister Digvijay Singh, who who, was, who had ruled himself out of electoral politics for a decade, is now back in the fray and is contesting against a very rather interesting BJP candidate, you would say? Uh,
1: yes, look, look uh, uh, even Mr. Digvijay Singh's candidature and uh, people who m- follow uh, Indian politics closely would know Uh, was a product of a certain inner party, intra-party intrigue between Mr. Digvijay Singh and Mr. Kamal Nath. Uh, However, once the candidature was announced, Mr. Digvijay Singh isn't somebody who will shy away from a fight. Uh, The more interesting bit is the BJP decision to field Sadhvi Pragya Thakur, who is a terror accused. And she's out on bail on, on medical reasons. Uh, but it seems, and this is my experience, I could be wrong, but a whole lot of RSS and BJP supporters are also very unhappy at the candidature of Sadhvi Pragyat Thakur. Uh, a whole lot of these people, uh, the BJP support pays, the RSS support pays, believes in nationalism, probably even believes in aggressive nationalism. But uh, it seems they find it difficult to defend somebody who is a terror accused. Uh, So, uh, I would think that even if the the BJP were to field the sitting BJP candidate from the seat, he may have given, uh, may have been a better idea against Mr. Digvijay Singh.
0: So, fielding Prake Thakur, would you say that it is a sign of desperation?
1: I would think it's a sign of desperation and I really don't understand why at this juncture they needed to replace the sitting candidate and feel somebody likes Sadhvi Adhvi Pragyat Because let's not forget that while BJP and RSS have their 20-22% of core support base who believe in or espouse aggressive nationalism, the BJP in 2014 as subs- and subsequently in other assembly elections, and not just the looks above 2014, added a significant number of people of moderate Hindus, which brought their vote share to 31%. and. And, and uh, a whole lot of them do not agree with the, 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 the BJP or, or RSS's idea of aggressive nationalism or of aggressive Hindutva. So uh, it would send a very bad message among these new supporters of the BJP.
0: There is also the case of rather interesting letter that, that an RSS functionary had written about her.
1: Yes, Ankur. In fact, uh, the letter was still available on the RSS website until a week back. And we at Business Standard wrote about that, that letter, how uh, the letter from a senior RSS functionary, Suresh Ji Joshi, who is now number two in the RSS, spoke about how uh, Colonel Purohit, who is also an accused in the in a terror case, and others uh, uh, along with him, his associates, conspired to kill the RSS leadership, including Mr. Mohan Bhagwat, and Mr. Indresh. And surprisingly, after we reported uh, that letter, it's gone missing from the RSS website, the samvada.org website.
0: That's rather interesting. Um, Another interesting thing that that happened this week, Arches, is is a statement that Prime Minister Modi uh, made about about a former prime minister. Um, During the course of the speech, we understand that certain things are said. Um, certain aggressive things are often said. But uh, this became uh, big news because of uh, a former Prime Minister who is now no more being attacked and and the Prime Minister even said that he was uh, corrupt number one at the time of his death.
1: Ankur, you and I can have our political differences. We we can criticize each other on our political differences. But the general discourse, at least at the topmost level in our country, has been that we try and remain civil. We do not get personal. We do not speak ill of departed people, departed leaders. So I'm sure Mr. Modi has lots of grievances, right, not right, justifiable, unjustifiable. I'm not getting into those. that. But uh, I'm sure Mr. Modi, the RSS, the BJP, probably a whole lot of people have their own problems with Mr. Rajiv Gandhi's tenure as Prime Minister. But how does it help to resurrect a, a controversy or throw mud at somebody who has been dead for, what, 30 years? Uh, so or close to 30 years? And and when we are talking about the demographic dividend of this country, we agree that at least 60% of this country is below 35. So, so a voter who is below 35 now, and since predominantly those are the voters w- w- who are in majority in this country, how many of them r- actually remember Rajiv Gandhi's tenure? So I don't really see why bring that up. Why not talk, continue to talk about the issues of the last five years? Mr. Modi has run a government, a full-majority government, which was the first full-majority majori- government after Rajiv Gandhi's government since 1984. Why not talk about the performance of those go- that government? Because Mr. Modi actually said, quote-unquote, that let's talk about let's the, 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 the rest of the three phases. Let's have a discussion or a debate on Mr. Rajiv Gandhi's tenure.
0: What's that got to do with the country? So so basically, he's countering um, the allegations on Rafael by attacking Rajiv Gandhi. But that's, my point is that
1: that is a thing of the past. Um, there 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 have been several governments after that. Why weren't An investigation, proper investigation, if he thinks uh, the investigation into Bufors was not proper, his government should have ordered another investigation. And let's not forget that Mr. Arun Jaitley was the additional solicitor general who was tasked with investigating Bufors, and he couldn't
0: find anything. Well, whether this resonates with the voters or not, we'll know soon enough. So that was this week's episode of The Chessboard. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. We will meet you again next week with more from the fascinating world of Indian politics. This is your host, Ankur Bhardwaj, signing off.